What up, what up, what up? This is your man Dre Day from Sportswear with Dre Day Podcast. And I have a public service announcement for all you listeners out there. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground in 2018, I had so many questions. How do I record an episode? Where do I find background music? How do I get my show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all the other places people like to listen? Also, where do I find advertisers? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing, and monetizing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and 100% easy to use. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me in the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. Again, that's anchor.fm slash start to join. Oh, one thing, you can record your episode from your phone or computer. So again, go to anchor.fm slash start to join. And I can't wait to hear your podcast. episode of sports way with dre day podcast i am your host with the most the hoods espn crystal streets golden boy dre day what's up what's up what's up this is episode 271 episode 271 271st episode of sports way with dre day podcast uh Y'all know how I do it at the beginning of the episode. I thank everybody for their support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. This episode here, Strictly NFL. The NFL season has officially begun. So if you've been following the format of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast, when I do my NFL episodes, um... I would do like a state of the Bucks or a state of the Patriots when Brady was in New England. And then I would recap some of the games that happened during that week. Then I would give out my offensive and defensive player of the week awards. And then to wrap up the episode, I will do my game picks for the next week. Going to do it differently this year. This year, I'm not going to do no 
state of the Bucks thing. I'm just gonna recap, you know, the game. You know, I'm gonna just recap the games. Obviously, the ones that I've watched. Um, I will, you know, you know, give my opinions on all the games and whatnot. And then I will do the offensive and defensive player of the week awards, and then bam, going to the going to the next segment. We're getting ready for the picks for the next week. So, with that being said, let's get to the first game of the season. And that would have been the Los Angeles Rams and the Buffalo Bills. I mean, if you wanted to start an NFL season, this was kind of the way that you would want to do it. Because not for nothing, if you ask a lot of people what their Super Bowl prediction is this upcoming season, those two teams is pretty much going to be on a lot of people's minds. You know, it's going to be the Bills, it's going to be the Rams, it's going to be the Bucks, it's going to be the Chiefs. I would say those are probably the four teams that a lot of people, you know, honestly think is going to get to the Super Bowl. So if you want to start a season off on the right track, you want to do it with this game. But I don't think we was ready for the outcome because I know for a fact I wasn't. Um, I didn't expect the blowout, and that's exactly what we got. You know, Buffalo went to work on the Rams, beating them 31-10. to Their defense was just top shelf. They blew the doors off the champs, the defending champs. They dog walked them, basically. Uh, could it be that the Rams were hungover from winning the championship? Um, because usually teams that, you know, open the season as defending champs, they don't lose. I think the last time that a defending champ opened the season on Thursday Night Football and lost, it might have been the Patriots to the Chiefs. And that was years ago. Other than that, you know, when the defending champ opens the season on that Tuesday, they don't lose. So, I don't know. Maybe the Rams, you know, were hungover. But I will tell you this. That, again, like I said, that Bills defense was top shelf. They went to work. They handled business. They went up in SoFi Stadium and they made it their house. Um, shit. Jalen Ramsey, who's supposed to be a top uh, defensive back, got dog walked. I mean, Stefan Diggs went to work on him the entire game. The entire game. Stefan Diggs had a he had 122 yards, eight receptions. A lot of those yards came off of Jalen Ramsey's accord. Um, the touchdown catch that he caught was definitely on, you know, Jalen Ramsey's accord. Josh Allen does what he always does. He runs the ball effectively. He had 56 yards. He even ran a touchdown. He did turn the ball over. He had two interceptions, uh, three touchdown passes, almost 300 yards. Um... Matthew Stafford, listen, before the season started, they were saying that he might have had issues with his elbow. 
Am I going to place that on his performance? Yeah and no. I'm going to say yeah and no because I honestly don't think he played any games in the preseason. You know, so maybe that might have had something to do with his lackluster performance. He even got sacked seven times. When I tell you that Bill's defense looked amazing, that Bill's defense was top shelf. Von Miller, who said, you know what? I'm not going to stay with the Rams. I want my money. He goes to Bill's Mafia. Opens the game. Not even open the game, but plays his former team the first game of the season. Get four tackles, two sacks. He went to work. The whole Bills defense went to work. And it was a thing to see. It was very it was it was it was very much a thing to see. Very much so. Very much so. So the Bills are one and oh. And the Rams are 0-1 going into week two. Whew, damn, your boy is tired. Listen, it's 1.07 in the morning. Your boy came home from work, took a shower, had some milk and cookies, and now I'm recording this episode for y'all. Talk about hard work and dedication and commitment. That's what you get when you're dealing with your boy here. Okay, now we get to the Sunday games. The Saints and the Falcons. All I'm going to say is this. The Falcons, once again, had a big lead, and they blew it. They had a 26-10 lead. Okay, they had a 26 to 10 lead. I'm going to say that again. They had a 26 to 10 lead going into the fourth quarter. And once again, they blew it away. Now, I'm going to give the Saints credit. I'm going to give them their credit. Jameis Winston did nothing in the first half. He definitely showed up in the second half. So I'm going to give him his credit. The only highlight from the Saints in the first half was Taysom Hill. You know what I mean? He had a 11-yard touchdown run, right? That was basically what started the Saints offense, Taysom Hill. But he went to work on the run game. I'm going to give him that. Four carries for 81 yards. I'm going to give him... His credit, like, he's basically a quarterback, running back, tight end. You know what I'm saying? Now, Alvin Kamara, I have a personal gripe with you. Because, you know, I place bets here on occasion. And for you, I place the bet. I place the bet that you and... Cordell Patterson would both have 50-plus yards in this game. Cordell Patterson held up his end of the deal. He held up his end of the deal in the first half for me. He had 120 yards for 22 carries. 
you only had 39 yards and nine carries. You cost me money, man. You cost me a you cost me a light $96. That's how much that bet was. $10. That was a $10 bet. And the payout was $96. And just because you didn't get your 50 yards, I won nothing. So honestly, T. Cooper, if you hear this, do not give Alvin Kamara no loving. Don't let him blaze your buns. Don't let him eat the cat. You don't do nothing to him. Leave him alone. Because you couldn't get 50 yards on this Falcons defense? Come on, man. Come on, man. But I am going to give Michael Thomas his props. This was his first game back. Two touchdowns, 57 yards. Jarvis Landry with the work. You know, playing for his hometown team, which is the Saints. He had it on the 14 yards, but he didn't get in the end zone. But, again, this is more so about how the Falcons choked this game up. Once again, they've choked up another game. Obviously, we know what they did with the Patriots a few years ago. They choked the game up against the Lions, I think it was last year. They choked the game up against the Cowboys a while ago. They choked the game up against the Bucks. I think it was either last year or the year the Bucks won the Super Bowl. And now this. It is hard to be a well, I'm not a Falcon fan, but for Falcon fans out there, it has to be hard being a Falcons fan. Next we had the 49ers and the Bears. The Bears won that 19 to 10. I'm going to say this. And the talk about this game was that Trey Lance, Trey, Trey Lance never played in this type of weather. When he was in college, he played in the Dome. So he really didn't know nothing about playing in this weather. 13 for 28, 164 yards, one interception, two sacks. He was very much inexperienced in this game. Very much so. He did run the ball good. 54 yards. He did He did run the ball good. But see, honestly, I honestly think this is why they kept Jimmy G. Because for some reason or another, I think they don't trust Trey Lance. I, tr I truly think they don't trust him. That's why they brought Jimmy G back. Because they could have easily stuck with their guns and said, we're going to trade him. But they signed him for one more year. Because I honestly don't think that they trust Trey Lance. Especially, this 49ers team is supposed to be Super Bowl ready. They're supposed to be. Now, can their quarterback get them there? We're going to find out. But with this performance here against the Bears, this was a game that they were supposed to win. I get it that the weather was inclement and all of that. But, you know, if the 49ers was to not make the playoffs, which I don't think would be the case. But if they get a certain seed, this might be the game that they go back and say, hey, this was the game that they should have won. That's just my opinion. Steelers and the Bengals. Joe Burrow. 
four interceptions, seven sacks. Not good. Not good. Not good. And two lost fumbles. He had a lot of turnovers in this game. A lot of turnovers in this game. And if you turn the ball over, you are going to lose. I don't care who you are. If you turn the ball over, you are going to lose. Mixon did his thing. Almost 100 yards on the ground. Chase did his thing. Close to 130 yards and a touchdown. All of that got overshadowed because of Joe Burrow's performance. You got to give the Steelers their credit. You've got to. You've got to give them their credit. Mitchell Trubisky did his thing. Almost 200 yards, one touchdown. He did not turn the ball over. But I'm going to give the Steelers their credit because not for nothing, nobody really expected them to win this game. So for them to go out there and sit on house money and get the win against the division rival, that's cool. But it did come with a cost. They lost T.J. Watt due to an injury. And it's being reported that he doesn't need surgery, but he might be out for about six weeks. I think if he needed surgery, he might have been out for the season. But being that he doesn't need surgery, he's only going to be out six weeks. But that's that still ain't good because he's the anchor of your defense. So I definitely wish him well. But, yes, the Steelers won that. 23 to 20 against the Cincinnati Bengals. The Eagles and the Lions. I like the connection with Hurts and AJ Brown. But if you're going to get 155 yards and 10 catches, you got to get that ball in the end zone, my man. You got to. And unfortunately, Jalen Hurts threw a good game, but he didn't get in the end zone. No passing touchdowns. Now, he ran the ball a lot. He ran the ball more than Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders had 96 yards. 13 carries. Hurts ran it for 17. 90 yards. So... Stat-wise, he did good. But as a quarterback, come on. A.J. Brown got to get that ball in the end zone. He got to get that in the end zone. With those numbers, he got to get in the end zone. They almost lost this game, though. The Lions did come back. And again, I, and again I've said this on previous... I, I've said this in the previous episode. This Lions team, I, obviously, they're not going to make the playoffs. But they damn sure are going to make it difficult for some teams. Because... Like, Dan Campbell, is a he's, he's a good coach. I'm not going to say he's a great coach. I'm not going to say he's an amazing coach. But I will say that he is a dope coach. Like, his players love to play for him. So just off that alone, this team, they are going to scratch and claw to get some of these wins. Do I think they will get them? No. But they're not going to make it easy for teams out there. And this is another case. Because in the beginning, it didn't look too good. But, you know... They came back, and they fought. Unfortunately, they still lost, but salute to the Detroit Lions. Now Philly is 1-0 in the NFC East. 
Patriots and Dolphins. Listen, 20 to 7. Patriots got their ass kicked. Tua went to work. 270 yards, one touchdown. Tyreek Hill, 94 yards. Waddle, Waddle did his thing. I think that, I think there's a new dance out there now with the gritty. But yeah, New England was non-existent. Non-existent. It's not looking too good for the old Coach Belichick since Brady been gone. I'm, I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. Ravens and Jets. Lamar Jackson didn't get his contract extension. So he said, you know what? First game of the season, I'm going to go to work. Three touchdowns, one interception. A little over 200 yards. Me, that doesn't impress me. He didn't really run the ball as much either, which I was surprised he didn't. I wish he would have, you know what I'm saying? Like, I I, I wish he would have. You know what I'm saying? I think I had a bet for him too. If I'm not, if I'm not. In fact, I did. It was just the yards that he messed up on. I needed him to have a certain amount of yards and more than two touchdown passes. So obviously, he got me with the two touchdown pass or more than two touchdown passes, but the yards, he didn't. So I lost that bet. <sighs> the Jets are the Jets. I mean, there's nothing to expect from these dudes. I don't care what the Jets coach says, talking about, oh, he's keeping receipts of all the people that doubted him. Go ahead, keep the receipts. Keep them. Ain't going to mean nothing. Jaguars and the Commanders. Honestly, this game was a I don't care type game. Even though Carson Wentz did throw four touchdowns, but he turned the ball over too. Two times. I think the Washington football, well, the Commanders, they're not the Washington football team anymore. The Washington Commanders, I think they're going to, I think they're going to have an all right season. I think for the past two, three years, the NFC East has been by far the worst division in football. But, uh, this year, I don't know. Shit might get interesting. It might get interesting. The Jaguars are going to be the Jaguars. I don't expect nothing from them. Um, Sunshine, what, what, what was his name? Trevor Lawrence, whatever his name is. I don't expect much from him this season. I don't expect shit from the Jaguars. But uh, salute to the Washington Commanders for getting that dub. Baker Mayfield played his former team. And trust me, I'm sure he wanted to get this win so bad. I know he wanted to get this win so bad, but unfortunately, didn't pan out that way. Sacked four times, one touchdown, one interception. I mean, Robbie Anderson did his thing, 102 yards, one touchdown. But this was a game where, and this is going to be a pattern. This was the one of the games where the kicker messed up the game. And not for nothing, I forgot to mention it in the Pittsburgh Bengals game. 
The Bengals had this game won. They had this game won. All the kicker had to do was make the extra point, and they would have won. But what happens? It gets blocked. And now the game goes into overtime, and then, bam, Pittsburgh gets the dub. But back to Browns and Panthers. This was another situation where the kicker messed up the game. Kareem Hunt went to work. I'm going to give him his props. Can't forget about him. The Cleveland Browns are 1-0 for the first time since 2004. Think about that. That's 18 years. That's 18 years. They started the season 0-1. And now they open the season 1-0. So salute to them. Colts and Texans ended in a tie. Obviously, I'm sure we're all surprised with that because, honestly, I don't really have no expectations for the Texans. The Colts is different. You know, Matt Ryan is there now, so he has that Super Bowl experience. They still got Jonathan Taylor, you know what I mean? And 161 yards on the ground. One touchdown. Pittman is still there. I mean, I got high hopes for the Colts. Matt Ryan turned the ball over. Well, he fumbled the ball four times. He lost one. Threw an interception. I'm highly disappointed in the Colts. So that's two straight weeks that they lost to teams that they had no business losing to. If you go back to last season, all they had to do was beat the Jaguars, and they would have been in the playoffs. In the last game of the season, they choose to lose to them, and then, bam, their season is over. And then this game, a game that they should have beaten the Houston Texans. Giants and Titans. This is another game where the kicker, Messed up on some shit. Giants won 21 to 20. This is the Saquon that we want to see. If Saquon can stay healthy, 164 yards ain't far-fetched from him. We can see those numbers on a consistent basis if he can stay healthy. Because obviously, we know Daniel Jones ain't going to get to the promised land. When a team does their scouting report on the Giants, they're not saying, oh, damn, we got to watch out for Daniel Jones. No, they're saying we got to watch out for Saquon. Once again, Daniel Jones fumbling balls, turning over the ball. That's nothing new with him. It's like every game this dude fumbles the ball. I think the Giants have to really seriously think about looking for another quarterback now. Yes, they got the win, but you know, I think it's time for them to go out there and look for another quarterback, in my honest opinion. Packers and Vikings. A lot of people that I've spoken to have high expectations for the Vikings. They have a stellar team. I even admitted that. My only issue is the quarterback. I don't trust Kirk Cousins. 
He puts up these great numbers. He puts up these great stats. But when the bumper meets the road and it's time to win key games, he does not show up. Now, this game was a big game. Division rival in your house. First game of the season. He did his thing. I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna hold him. Almost 300 yards, two touchdowns, didn't turn the ball over. He got sacked once. I'm gonna give him his props. Dowin Cook, 90 yards, did his thing, no doubt. Justin Jefferson, whoo, man. Two touchdowns, 184 yards. I want to thank you. I want to thank you. Because you helped me win money. Not only did you help me win money, but Devontae Adams and Travis Kelsey helped me as well. But I'm going to speak on those soon. Let's just stay on topic here. Listen, Aaron Rodgers is going to have some growing pains this year. He seriously is. He didn't even have 200 yards. One interception. No touchdowns. But I tell you what, he could have. There was one pass. One outlet pass that he threw to his receiver. I think the receiver's last name is Watson, if I'm not mistaken. You got to come down with that catch. This is the shit that Aaron Rodgers was talking about. In training camp, about receivers not catching the ball. He said, if you don't catch the ball, he's not passing it to you. Because now the trust factor is not there. And not for nothing, Watson might be in the doghouse after this. He just might. He just might be in the doghouse after this. But yeah, Vikings won 23-7. That's the way that you want to start the season if you're the Minnesota Vikings, especially if, you know, there's people out there that really, really, really have high hopes for you this season. The Chiefs and the Cardinals. Patrick Mahomes went to work. Five touchdowns, no turnovers, didn't get sacked, 360 yards, 30 for 39, okay? Travis Kelsey scored a touchdown. Thank you, my man. I mean, this game was a wipeout. There's nothing much more to talk about. I mean, Kyler Murray had two touchdowns. Didn't turn the ball over. He did get sacked twice. But again, the Chiefs was basically scoring on every possession. So, this game was a wipeout from beginning to end. Nothing else to talk about. Chargers and Raiders. Mm, 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 mm. Derek Carr, three interceptions, two touchdowns, five sacks. I'm not surprised, though, because that Chargers defense is going to be dangerous. Not going to lie. That defense is going to be dangerous. Bosa. Van Lloyd, Khalil Mack is there now. Yeah, that defense of the Chargers is going to be very dangerous in the foreseeable future. Devontae Adams got a touchdown. Thank you, my man. The reason why I'm saying that is because I placed a bet that I needed 
Jefferson of the Vikings. I needed Devontae Adams and Travis Kelsey. I needed all three of them to get at least one touchdown. And all three of them got that. And I won a bet. That bet was a little, I think it was a little over a hundred, a $10 bet. And I won a little over a hundred. So shout out to y'all for that. Listen, I'm not going to be doing this betting thing all the time. I'm just, you know, getting feels for it, which is crazy because this weekend, the bets that I won, well, that was the only bet I, that was the only bet I actually won. That's the first time I won one. I've been doing this shit since April. Then took a break and then started up again. This was the first time I actually won something. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you, Devontae Adams. Thank you, Travis Kelsey. And thank you, uh, Justin Jefferson. But uh, Chargers won 24-19. Justin Herbert is special. Definitely a quarterback of the future. Definitely. It's a lot of people throwing him in that MVP conversation this year. Only time going to tell, but they lost Mike Williams. I think he's hurt. Lord knows how, man, I don't know how long he's going to be out. I don't know how long he's going to be out, but they still got Keegan Allen. But uh, I'm interested to see what's going to happen with this Charger offense without Mike Williams. As far as the Raiders, listen, Devontae could have had more yards if Derek Carr didn't turn the ball over so much, but that's neither here nor there. Chargers 24, Raiders 19. Now we get to Sunday night football. Tom Brady and the Bucks, Dak and the Cowboys. Listen, there was nothing really exciting about this game. It was more, it was field goal at the field goal at the field goal at the field goal. You know what I'm saying? Five straight field goals. That was the duration of the game as far as the score goes. Cowboys scored first, field goal. Then Ryan Suckup, four straight field goals. 12-3. The Bucs didn't get in the end zone until the third quarter when Brady, you know, did his famous goal line fade to Mike Adams. Other than that, this game wasn't, you know, it was nothing really exciting about this game. I mean, Brady got sacked twice. 212 yards, one touchdown, one interception. That interception, I don't understand why he was even throwing in that situation. You got the game. Just hand the ball over. Just hand the ball. Just hand the ball over. And then on top of that, Leonard Fournette, 127 rushing yards. That's more of a reason on why you should be passing. I mean, handing him the ball instead of instead of throwing it. He stepped back, threw it. He tried to throw it low, but the defender was there. Interception. Julio Jones, 69 yards. It was one pass. Looked like the old Julio. 
Mike Evans did his thing. Again, he had a touchdown, 71 yards. I liked the first play of the game for the Buccaneers. Brady threw a screen pass to Chris Godwin for 24 yards, and I liked it for many reasons. One, I liked that he was out there. That's number one. And then two, remember, he had a torn ACL last year, and he recovered quicker than a lot of people thought. So for them to feed him the ball on the first play of the game and for him to be able to run on that ACL, I thought that was a good look. I really did. But now he's even out more because, well, I'm not going to say more, but he got hurt again, but not ACL, but hamstring injury. But the talk of this game is not about the Bucks' victory. It was about Dak getting hurt. I think he got hurt. I forgot. I forgot which player it was he got hurt. But the injury basically was supposed to have him out for eight weeks. That was the initial report. But uh, earlier, Jerry Jones, like he does, I don't understand how he be's the one to break the news. Mike McCarthy is the head coach. Why is he not breaking the news about Dak Prescott? It has to be Jerry Jones. I don't get that shit. I truly don't. It went from eight weeks to him possibly being out four weeks. So it's looking like Cooper Rush is going to handle the load for the Cowboys until Dak get back. We gonna see. We gonna see. But again, this game was... Nothing really exciting. I mean, my man Brady is undefeated against the Cowboys. And his whole career, he's played them seven times. He's never lost. I can say that. But, uh, again, this game was nothing really exciting. But the Bucks defense kept the Cowboys on three. Very much impressive. I dig that. But, uh... Yeah, Buccaneers 19, Cowboys 3. And then we get to Monday Night Football. The talk of the town. Russell Wilson makes his return to Seattle. Now, for me, I was intrigued to see how the Seahawks fans was going to greet him. Now, me, personally, I thought you would hear some cheers and you would hear some boos. That's what I thought, okay? I'm sitting in my recliner chair as I am right now recording this episode. He's in the tunnel talking to the team. He does his prayer and then he runs out. I made sure I had my TV up so loud because I wanted to hear exactly what the reaction was going to be. And there were no chairs. It was nothing but booze. Nothing but booze. So then I said to myself, why are they booing him? Especially now. Like, okay, when the game is in motion, like when the Broncos get the ball, it's their first possession, and then he runs on the field, then I get you booing him because the game's in motion. But... 
this dude. Let's let, let's keep it. Let's keep it a buck here. He did get y'all to two Super Bowls. One one, lost the other. Now. One yard line, all that shit. I get it, but you don't boo this man because real talk. When they didn't have nothing, remember Legion of Boom was gone. All they had was Russell Wilson. He kept the Seattle Seahawks afloat. And then the day that he comes back playing for the visitor, you want to boo him? I felt y'all could boo him at the start of the game. But when he comes out that tunnel, you don't boo him. You cheer him. He deserved that much. You know what I'm saying? But... You could boo him on his game, though, because he didn't have a good game. I don't care about the 340 yards. I don't care about the one touchdown because, honestly, that 340 yards, none of that shit was impactful. And not for nothing, it was more Deacon and Dakin than anything because he really didn't get the ball down the field. And then the one time he did, which was to uh, Jerry Judy, that shit could have easily been an interception. Jerry Judy had to come back. He had to come back and get it and then run it for a touchdown. You know what I'm saying? Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. I don't understand why they kept going back and forth, take like switching it around. I think that Javante Jones should be the primary running back for the Denver Broncos. See, he lost me money too. Because all I needed him to do was to have a touchdown and have 100 yards. He not going to get that if Melvin Gordon is out there taking his carries. But let's keep it real here. Denver lost this game. Now, as much as Geno Smith did his thing, rightfully so, he did. I'm not going to sit here and make it seem like he didn't do his thing. Yes, he did. 23 for 28, I was hella surprised about Geno Smith. Very much surprised. Very much. He didn't turn the ball over. He was in command of that offense. I was very much surprised. But let's keep it tall. The Broncos lost this game because there were three drives. Four, if you want to be technical. Where the, where the Broncos could not get in the end zone. Two of them in particular, they were inside the five-yard line. And they fumbled the ball. And both running backs turned it over. Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. Then they get in the red zone in the fourth quarter. Inside the five-yard line, not even. They're in the red zone, so they're inside the 10-yard line. And you only get a field goal. And then let's not talk about the last drive from the Broncos. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. You don't go for it on fourth and five? Not only do you not go for it on fourth and five, you take all this time off the clock. You call timeout. You bring your kicker out to kick a 64-yard kick. Field goal. Nobody is 64 yards. There's only one kicker. That, well, actually, there's two kickers. There's only two kickers I know that's kicking that field goal. Matt Prater, 
who used to play for the Broncos. But if you, but if he's gonna kick that field goal, it's gonna be in Denver because of the altitude. And then Justin Tucker. And the last I checked, his services is in Baltimore, not in Denver. First of all, Brandon McManus is one for eight for his career on field goals over 60 plus yards. His career high was 61. NFL kickers are two for 29 on field goals of 64 plus yards since 2000. That's 7%. Now, my issue is this. You traded for Russell Wilson, right? Because you didn't like the quarterbacks that you had already. So you wanted to go get Russell Wilson. Not only did you mortgage your future away by bringing in Russell Wilson, but you gave him an extra bag. In that situation, he should have had the ball. If you brought him here and you gave him that money, he was supposed to have... He was supposed to have that ball on 4th and 5. Now... I'm not saying 4th and 5 is an easy thing. But still, you gave this man all that money. He's supposed to have the ball in that drive. Not no field goal kicker. I'm sorry. So, what's his name? Nathaniel Hatchett, the Broncos coach. Your first game as a coach, head coach, wasn't too good. Wasn't too good. But, again, we got to give the Seahawks their props. The defense, the defense, the defense was stellar. For the most part, they did their thing against Russell Wilson and that offense of the Broncos. So I'm not gonna give all the props to Geno. That defense definitely has something to do with it as well. But uh yep. Seahawks won 17 to 16. This is basically their Super Bowl. First game of the season, Super Bowl. So I'm happy for them because they're not going anywhere, but for them to play their old teammate, first game of the season, Monday Night Football, prime time, not for nothing, I didn't hear the 12th man be that loud in quite some time. And they picked the right day to do it. The right day to do it. So, again, congrats to the Seattle Seahawks. So, these were all the games from week one. That's my week one recap. So your boy is going to take a quick break. And when I come back, I am going to give my offensive and defensive player of the week awards. And then we are going to get into my game picks for week two. So this is your man, Dre Day, Sportsway with Dre Day podcast. Don't go anywhere. Your boy will be right back. Holla. It's time for Dre Day's Offensive and Defensive Players of the Week. Lovely. What time it is, it's time for Dre Day Weekly's Picks. What up, what up, what up? Your boy is back. Part 2 of episode 271. It is now time for my Offensive and Defensive Player of the Week awards so if y'all want to you know participate and write it down because this year i'm gonna start doing some giveaways and 
I'm going quit. I'm going quiz you, motherfuckers. I'm gonna be like, yo, who was my such and such? Who was my offensive and defensive player of the week for such and such week? If you get it right, you win something. If you lose, you get nothing. So, I, I, I'm, I might do that in 2023. You know what I mean? I might do some giveaways and quiz some people. But uh, yes, it is now time. For Dre Day's Offensive and Defensive Player of the Week Awards. And first, let's get to offense. I honestly think that this week... Man, honestly... It was some dope candidates. Dope candidates. I'm not even going to lie to you. Dope candidates. But I am going to give my Offensive Player of the Week award to (sighs) this was hard. I'm torn between Patrick Mahomes and Justin Jefferson. I'm torn between both of them. But before I give my answer, both of these dudes is deserving. Both of them. Those were my two candidates. And honestly, as I'm recording this, I still don't know who I'm going to give it to. That's why I'm taking too long to answer. But I'm going to say who it is or who I'm going to give it to. And hopefully, you know, y'all can understand where I'm coming from. I am going to give it to Patrick Mahomes. I so wanted to give it to Justin Jefferson. I so wanted to give it to him. So wanted to give it to him. But I'm going to give it to Mahomes because five touchdowns, didn't turn the ball over, He didn't get sacked, 30 for 39, 360 yards. And mind you, you could say he was scoring these touchdowns with one arm because he got injured on his left arm and was still effective. So off that, I'm going to give it to him. Now, for anybody that does this along with me, if y'all choose to give it to Justin Jefferson, you have no argument here from me. You don't. You have no argument here for me. But for me, I'm going to give it to Patrick Mahomes. But shout out to Justin Jefferson. He had an amazing game. Amazing game. I take nothing away from him. Now let's get to my defensive player of the week. For me, this was a no-brainer. So Dre Day's Defensive player of the week for week one goes to Minkai Fitzpatrick of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Two reasons. The man had 14 tackles. 
Ten of them were solo. And then, to add insult to injury, Joe Burrows' first throw in the game. Now, now remember, Pittsburgh had the ball first. Now remember, you know what I'm saying? Now remember, Pittsburgh had the ball first. A quick three and out. Then, the Bengals come out. Joe Burrow, sacked. Next play, pick six. Who was the one that cuts the pick six? Fitzpatrick. So not only did you have a pick six, not only did you have an interception, you took it to the house and you had 14 tackles, 10 of them were solo. I mean, you had 14 tackles, 10 of them were solos. It's an amazing stat number for week one. So for that, he gets my defensive player of the week award. So Patrick Mahomes gets it on offense. And Mackay Fitzpatrick gets it for the defense. Now it is time for Dre Day's week two game picks. Man, my first week I went eight, seven, and obviously one because of the tie. Bad week. Bad week. Some of these losses I'm okay with, but then in some it's like, damn. Broncos losing to the Seahawks. I don't know what made me pick the Patriots over the Dolphins because for the past few years, Patriots cannot beat the Dolphins, especially in the 305. Yeah. But whatever. Now let's get to week two. Thursday night football, we got a goodie. We got the Chiefs and the Chargers. Division rivals. Two of the top quarterbacks in the league, Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. I am going to go with the Chiefs. I'm going with the Chiefs because they're at home. That crowd would be electric. I do think Justin Burr, I, I do believe Justin Herbert will do his thing, but I'm just going with the Kansas City Chiefs just because they're at home. We now get to the games on Sunday. We got the Jets and the Cleveland Browns. I am going with the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got the Washington Commanders against the Detroit Lions. <sighs> I am going to go with the Commanders. Even though I do think it's going to be a goodie, I'm telling you, I think this Lions team... It's going to make it difficult for a lot of teams. 
Their problem is they can't close out games. That was their problem last year. They was trailing. And then by the time they tried to come back, it was too late. And they couldn't close out games. But, yeah, I'm going with the Washington Commanders for this game. Next, we got the Bucks and the Saints. Now, when the season first started, not even, because I've been said this. I was saying this when the schedule came out. When they showed the first four games for the Bucks, there was one game in particular that I was sure that they would lose, and it would be this game. Because that Saints defense, since Tom Brady has been in Tampa, they've done a number on him, especially in the regular season. Tampa is 0-4 against the Saints in the regular season. 1-4 in total because, obviously, the playoff game. 0-2 in that dome. I said that Tampa will lose this game to the Saints. I've been saying that since I saw the schedule. Now, usually I don't go against my word. I honestly don't. But Brady is my guy, man. I'm sorry. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. I can't. So even if they do lose, I got the route with my man Brady. So I'm going with Tampa to beat the Saints. Even though, listen, they've owned Brady. Let's keep it tall. They have. But I'm going with Tom. I'm sorry. I'm just going with Tom. I know that Saints defense is going to be ready, though. I know Cam Jordan is going to be feasting. Honey Badger's there now. Like, like That Saints defense is going to be ready to go. I already know it. But I think my man could pull through. The, I, I think he could pull through with this shit, honestly. Next, we got the Panthers and the Giants. Two dope running backs. Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. Then we got Baker Mayfield. Daniel Jones. Which quarterback do I trust the most? Hmm. Interesting question. Interesting question, isn't it? Which quarterback do I trust the most? Whew. I honestly don't know, man. I honestly don't know. But this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. I am going to go with the Giants. I'm going to go with the Giants. Home opener. Crowd will be electrifying. Hopefully the Giants don't do me like they did last year. The games I picked them, they weren't winning as much. So then I had to start picking them to lose. Hopefully, 
I don't have to have that same problem this year like I did last year. Patriots and Steelers. I'm going to go with the Steelers. I'm telling you, man, this Patriots team, man, they ain't been the same since old goat man left, man. I'm just saying. I'm 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 just saying I'm just saying, yo, we don't know who's running their offense. Belichick has been MIA as far as not talking or whatever. Like I I I don't know, man. Like I'm just I'm just saying, man. Next we got the Colts and the Jaguars. I'm going with the Colts. I don't expect this game to end in a tie. And hopefully the Colts is thinking about that last game of the season last year when they lost to the Jaguars and blew their playoff hopes. I hope they're thinking about that and trying to get retribution for that. So I'm going with the Colts to beat the Jaguars. We got the Ravens against the Dolphins. I am going with the Ravens. That's going to be a good game, though. Not for nothing. It's going to be a good game. Hell, who knows? Lamar Jackson might be playing his future team. Because if the Ravens don't give Lamar his contract, shit, he might just be going to Miami, which is where he's from. I'm just saying, you know, I don't want to put nothing out there in the universe, but I'm just saying. But yeah, I'm going with the Ravens. We got the Falcons and the Rams. I'm going with the Rams. I do not see them starting the season 0-2. So, I am going with the Rams. Seahawks and 49ers. Ah. You know what? I'm going to go with the Niners because they're at home. I'm going to go with them because they're at home. Bengals and Cowboys. Man, oh man, oh man. Man, oh man. I'm sure they're going to show this game on TV too. Unfortunately, Dak won't be there, but hey. Bengals and Cowboys. You know what? I'm going to go with the Bengals now, being that Dak's not there. I'm going to go with the Bengals. Next, we got the Texans and the Broncos. I'm going to go with the Broncos. That high altitude. Russell Wilson's first home game. I'm sure he'll have a better outing in this game than he did the first game. Because, again, that 340-something yards don't mean nothing to me. I'm talking about as far as impactful shit. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, he'll do some impactful shit in this game. Cardinals and Raiders. I'm going to go with the Raiders. The Raiders. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Sunday Night Football, we got the Bears and the Packers. Another rivalry for week two. I think we had three rivalries this week. 
Bucks, Saints, Patriots, Steelers, and now Packers, Bears. I do not see Aaron Rodgers losing to the Bears at home. Didn't last year he say something about I own y'all? I think he ran it in the end zone in Soldier Field. Did the discount double check and then yelled out to the crowd, I own y'all. I've always owned y'all. Well, I believe he will continue to own them. I'm going with the Green Bay Packers to win. And then we got Monday Night Football, which we got a doubleheader. We got the Titans and the Bills. I'm going with the Bills. That crowd is going to be electrifying. Prime time, Bills Mafia. Yeah, it's going to be electrifying. I believe that defense is going to get at Ryan Tannehill. Obviously, you know the recipe. Try to contain King Henry, which won't be easy, but listen. King Henry didn't even get over 100 yards or close to 100 against the Giants. He only had 82 yards on the ground. So if you couldn't even get 100 on the Giants, the way this Bills defense is set up, I definitely don't expect you to get 100 yards on them, especially in front of Bills Mafia. And in the last game, we got the Vikings and the Eagles. This one's going to be a goodie. I'm not even going to lie. This one is going to be a goodie. Oh, man. I honestly don't I honestly I honestly don't know how I'm going to call this one. I really don't. I really don't know how I'm going to call this one. Eagles Vikings. I know my man Flush, he's going to have a hard one. Pause. He's going to have a hard time with this one. He's from Philly, but the Vikings is his team. Mm. But I'm not going to fall for the trap. I am not going to fall for the trap. I am going for the Eagles. You want to know why I'm not going to fall for the trap? This is a primetime game. This is a Monday Night Football game. And if memory serves me correct, Kirk Cousins ain't too good in primetime games. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I am not at all saying I hate Kirk Cousins. I think he's a good football player. I think he's a good quarterback. But I think he's the problem with the Vikings. I think he will be the one that prevents them to get to where they need to go. I'm sorry. And being that this game is on prime time, I do not have the Vikings winning this game. So there you have it. So my picks for week two are the Chiefs, Browns, Commanders, Bucks, Giants, Steelers, Colts, Ravens, Rams, Niners, Bengals, Broncos, Raiders, Packers, Bills, and last but not least, I am going with the Philadelphia Eagles. So there you have it.
Those are my picks for week two. I want to thank everybody for this support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. It is a wrap for this episode. But before I go, I want to give my shout out. Now, the last two episodes that I've done on Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast, I spoke about the U.S. Open a lot. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. I spoke about it a lot. I'm not going to speak about it a lot on this episode, but I am going to give two shout outs. Actually, three. I'm going to shout out Carlos Alcaraz. Okay? 19-year-old sensation from Spain. He won the men's U.S. Open. And since he did that, next year, 2023, he will be ranked the number one tennis player in the world on the men's side. That's right. Move over, Djokovic. Your spot has been taken. And again, you didn't you didn't play in the U.S. Open. Remember, you're unvaccinated, so you couldn't even come to the states. That gave him an opportunity to get the number one ranking. So that's one shout out. Second shout out. I am going to shout out. I know I'm going to muffle her name. I'm going to try. Inga. Inga. Sweetik. 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 Man, listen. The number one ranked female tennis player. She won the U.S. Open. Okay? So... She remains the number one tennis player in the world, okay? One more shout out. Last but not least, baby girl Coco. Coco Goff. She is now in the top 10 in women's tennis. She's in the top 10. I forgot exactly what number she was. Before, I think it was 21. I think she was 21, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, no. She was number 12. Pardon self. Now she's in the top 10. Hard work pays off, baby girl. Hard work pays off. I'm so proud of you. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. Yes. Coco, top 10. Now we just need you to win some of these majors. You know what I mean? We need you to win some of these majors, man. Come on. But yes, it's a wrap for this episode. I gave my shout outs. It is time for me to go. I am tired. Y'all done heard like three yawns on this episode, so it's time for me to go. Thank y'all for y'all support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. Y'all can find me on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can also download the Anchor app. Uh, I'm already on Facebook, Dre Day. Instagram, Dre Day1985 or Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. The link is in the bio. Twitter, Dre Day1985. There you have it. So, again, thank y'all for y'all support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. In closing, y'all know how this goes. This has been another episode of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. Episode 
271 is over. Catch y'all on the flip side. Y'all be safe. Stay safe. God bless. Peace and love. Your boy is out of here. Peace. What up, what up, what up? It's your man, Dre Day, and I have a PSA announcement for y'all. Did y'all know that only 38% of African Americans were able to identify financial terms on the PFN index, an annual financial survey? Why is that? Because we're never given the tools to succeed in the financial sector. Will with American Classic Agency has been designing financial maps for his clients to succeed for over a decade for clients on both coasts. With Will, you will be able to create a game plan to get out of debt and create the wealth that you and your family deserve. If you're interested, please contact Will at willspady at gmail.com. That's W-I-L-L-S-P-A-D-Y at gmail.com or call him at 443-810-0384.